Hi everyone, welcome to another of my talks on topics important to me, like leadership, strategy, technology and music. Cybercrime and identity theft continue to be a critical everyday threat, so today I want to explore how important it is to have strong security on your online accounts and how easy it can be to take steps to protect yourself. We'll be focusing on security for individuals and families rather than businesses, as these concepts are broadly understood in the corporate world. This episode is called Protecting Your Digital Identity. If you're anything like me, you probably started out using the same passwords for any accounts you created online, so you wouldn't have to remember lots of passwords. That might have been okay in the early days of the internet, when all we were trying to protect was our email account or maybe a personal website, but as our lives have become increasingly digital, we need to protect things like our money, our health information, and even our ability to vote. Things so important and so sensitive that we just can't use our old methods to protect them anymore. We truly live in a digital age. It's easy to use technology to do things like book a holiday, fill a prescription, pay a bill, order some clothes, or even find your perfect date. We sometimes forget the relative complexity of the pre-digital age, where to plan a trip we'd visit the AAA store and a real person would use a highlighter to draw a route on our physical map. Today, we simply hop into a car, enter the destination on the sat-nav or on an app on our phone, and let the car guide us to wherever we need to be, even telling us when and where to get gas. We often take this convenience and flexibility for granted, but unfortunately, as the value and sensitivity of our digital footprint has increased over the years, the way we protect it has simply not kept pace. A survey by Google taken in 2019 in partnership with the Harris Poll showed that around two-thirds of people use the same password for more than one account. Even worse, nearly a quarter of people have used simple passwords like password, welcome, admin, 123456, and nearly 60% of adults included the name of a pet, child, a spouse, or even their birthday as a password. Is using the same password really such a bad idea? Well, if we use the same username and password, which are collectively known as credentials, across all our accounts, then whenever any single one is compromised, they all are. Let's say, for example, that we use the same credentials for our grocery store account as we do for our bank account. If the grocery store systems were to get hacked, then the hackers who managed to compromise that grocery store could potentially use our compromised credentials to get access to our bank account too. Now, you may be thinking that it's unlikely that those hackers would know which bank we used, so wouldn't know where to use our credentials. But in fact, they don't necessarily need to know where to use them. There's a whole industry built around exploiting this kind of information. Many hackers steal personal information and credentials and resell them on the dark web, which is a part of the internet not visible to search engines and often used for dubious or criminal activities. It's quite common for hackers to sell and buy batches of compromised credentials this way. And there are even toolkits for sale that allow them to use these credentials in an automated way across many different sites. To speed up this process, they can even rent computing time from large botnets, which are networks of compromised computers out there in the wild under the control of other hackers. If we use a different password for each site, then the only thing that is compromised when those credentials are stolen is that site. Using unique passwords limits the potential of fallout of a password being stolen. It limits the blast radius of a security compromise. 
Clearly, it makes sense that we should not reuse credentials across different websites or applications, but that means that we have to keep track of credentials for each and every site, as many as 70 to 90 according to that same Google study. Trying to remember a myriad of passwords, especially ones that are rarely used, is a huge challenge. Many of us deal with this by keeping them simple and writing them down somewhere safe for fear of forgetting them. Unfortunately, this leaves them vulnerable to physical theft instead, where burglars could potentially get our credentials as well as our home contents when they break in. A better solution for keeping track of these credentials is to use a password manager. The password manager is software that allows us to store our credentials for all the applications and websites we use safely and securely. The best password managers offer a range of features like password generators, family sharing, and site breach alerts. This sounds like a fairly simple solution, right? Well, that same study by Google and the Harris poll I mentioned earlier shows that only around 15% of people use a password manager to manage their passwords. Now, my theory here is that many less technical users are simply unaware of the kinds of tools that are available for this, but it could also be a resistance or a lack of trust of the password manager providers. After all, it would seem that we would be handing over all of our passwords to a third party and trusting them with our most sensitive data. So how safe are password managers? Well, all serious password manager tools use strong encryption to protect our credentials and can only be unlocked by a secret known only by us, which means that even the service provider cannot access our passwords. This is inherently more secure than keeping track of our credentials by writing them on a piece of paper, something that the same Google study showed over one third of people do. It is worth noting that brute force attacks, where every possible combination is tried, could technically break through pretty much any encryption given enough time and computing power. However, if we use something like 1Password, which uses AES 256-bit encryption, it would take many trillions of years to try every possible combination key to break into our vault, even using a supercomputer or the combined processing power of 2 billion high-end PCs, which makes it effectively impossible to crack with current technology. So what password manager should I use? Well, 1Password is my personal favorite, but Keeper is a fairly robust product, and LastPass is free, though a little basic in my opinion. Personally, I like 1Password because it has great browser plugins, which make it easy to save and enter usernames and passwords on all devices. I also like the fact that it holds different types of information like login details, credit cards, driver's licenses, social security numbers, passport information, and even freeform text. There's a family option where each person has their own private vault and the option of using shared vaults. And I like the fact that it lets me know where I've used the same password or where passwords have been exposed in a hacked password database. There are also basic password managers built into things like Google Chrome, Apple devices like Keychain and Microsoft Credential Manager. But these tend to be limited to specific ecosystems and extremely limited in their capabilities. If you want a good independent review of some of the more popular password managers, you can find a link to a 2020 PC Magazine review in the description section of this episode. Unfortunately, although using a password manager is a great start, it isn't going to be enough to really protect our identity. There are several other things that we must do to really have a strong digital identity. First of all, always use a strong password. This is really important. 
As I mentioned earlier, people typically use passwords that are easily guessable or hackable, such as names of pets, friends, relatives, or a hobby, sometimes tacking on a number as well. The problem is that real words are very easy to crack using brute force techniques. A strong password is one that has a minimum length of something like 12 characters and a combination of upper and lowercase letters, numbers, and special characters. This is important because the longer we make our passwords and the more types of character we use in our password, the more complicated it is for the hacker to work through all the possible combinations. Next thing is we need to replace all of our passwords. We need to go through all our current weak passwords and replace each of them with unique strong passwords, ideally ones that have been generated by a password manager. This can take a while, so we should start with the most valuable and sensitive ones. This will ensure that we have no weak spots in our existing accounts and are not using shared passwords. It has the added benefit that if any of our passwords have already been compromised, they won't be any use anymore. Use common identity providers like Google, Facebook, and Apple where possible. You've probably noticed that many sites now ask you if you'd like to sign in with a well-known identity provider like Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Apple, and there are many others out there that are reputable. This can be a particularly good idea because it means that instead of creating credentials for each site we use, we're actually relying on identity providers to validate that we are who we say we are and then pass that on to the site that we're trying to log into. And our password is therefore never sent to or stored at those other websites. This is quite different from a situation where we're using the same password in multiple accounts, where anyone getting access to that one password would then also be able to use that same password across all the other accounts. Because these particular accounts are going to provide access to multiple sites, there are still more things that we need to do to properly protect them. Use multi-factor authentication for your most valuable accounts. Multi-factor authentication is basically a more secure way of proving that we are who we say we are by requiring us to provide more than one type or factor of proof. These types of proof that can be used typically fall into one of these three buckets. Something that you know, which is usually something like a password or a PIN. Something that you have, as an example, a phone line, a hardware or software-based security token, a USB device or a near-field device. And something that you are, usually biometric identifiers such as fingerprints or facial structures or iris pattern. Requiring the use of two of these proofs of identity, known as two-factor authentication, or 2FA for short, significantly reduces the risk of someone impersonating us. As an example, if we lost our physical security token, someone else might find it, but they wouldn't be able to use it without knowing our password or having our fingerprint or other biometric. Most people have been using two-factor authentication for much of their lives without realizing it. For example, each time we use an ATM, we're presenting something that we have, the card, and something that we know, our PIN. This is especially important for any sensitive accounts, including bank accounts, government IDs, like driver's licenses and passports, social media accounts, and any account that can be used to access more than one other account. There are several approaches we can use to achieve this objective, but in my opinion, software-based tokens have the best balance of security and ease of use compared to physical devices or phone or SMS-based validation. There are several free tools we can use to store software tokens, including Microsoft Authenticator and Google Authenticator, which are both apps that can be installed on a smartphone. Some password managers also offer the ability to store software tokens along with our credentials. Use a password manager to store your MFA tokens. 
Because we're using MFA for our more sensitive accounts, we now need to manage a number of software tokens, one for each account, as well as our credentials. This can get quite complicated and is one place where some of the better password managers really help by managing the soft token for each of these accounts. By having credentials and tokens stored in the same place, we can have a simplified logon experience with only one place to go to get these details. As an example of this, 1Password manages tokens in the same way that Microsoft and Google authenticators do, but it has the benefit of keeping them in the same record as the username and password, and it even helps with entering the code if you're using the browser plugins. This means that we can potentially have access to our tokens and credentials on our mobile devices and on our computers, or even on our home and work computers at the same time. Protect your password manager account with separate MFA. Because our credentials and soft tokens are now in one place, it's critical to protect them securely using MFA. Without this, we effectively bypass the benefits of having MFA on our sensitive accounts because someone could access our token and credentials using only the credentials needed to access our password manager. While this may seem overly complicated, it's actually fairly easy to do. And it doesn't mean that we need to use MFA each time we use our password manager. Instead, MFA is typically used to confirm our rights to access the password store when we install the password manager on a new device. For MFA for the password manager, I would recommend one of the following. Either a soft token stored on something like Microsoft or Google Authenticator, a physical device like the YubiKey, or less secure but more convenient, configuring our password manager to use one-time passwords sent to our phone as text messages. So in summary, if we use all of these recommended steps, our security posture will be much higher than most people's, making us harder targets for hackers to attack. As we can see, there's a lot we can do to protect our digital identity and therefore many aspects of our online lives. If all this seems a bit overwhelming, I would recommend that you start by using MFA for your more sensitive accounts, as this one action will have the most significant impact on protecting you. What are your thoughts on this topic? I'd love to hear from you. Do you have a preferred password manager? Have you had your credentials compromised in the past? Do you already use MFA for some of your accounts? Please get in touch and let me know, but do make sure not to include any sensitive information. Check back regularly for more on this and other topics that are important to me. And if you want to know more about me, please visit my website at garethbar.com or check out my YouTube and Anchor channels. Thank you.